0: Well, today is March 15th, and you guys had your first day back in school today, sort of. I went to go watch you guys go off to your classes. At least, um, I watched the spy and the king go to his class. That was nice, but it was also kind of sad. All the teachers and volunteers were just absolutely paranoid. One woman just screamed at a parent, um who obviously, English was her second language, just yelled at her and put a bad taste in my mouth. Just didn't didn't like it. I don't like the paranoia. There's got to be a better way. Just, everyone's a little... Everyone's a little crazy now. That sucks. And, uh... I mean, it really isn't going to go away. I, I don't see... This kind of paranoia going away. I Yeah. Well I'm kind of out of breath. I ran up the stairs and I am tired. Your mom's a little concerned about my health. She probably should be. Because I am not in good shape. I used to be in great shape, but that was like twenty years ago. So okay. We're on chapter sixteen. 17, 17. I'm just about to see how far I should go. Maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll try. I'll try to get get through chapter nineteen today. We'll see. We will see. Anyways. <clears throat> All right. Chapter sixteen. Bread from heaven. For you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them, whether they will will walk in my law or not. On the sixth, sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, In the evening quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning dew lay around and in the morning dew lay around the camp. And when the dew had gone up there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake like thing, fine as frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? They did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it. Each one of you, as much as you can eat, you shall eat. Each take an omer according to the number of persons that each of you has in his tent. And the people of Israel did so. They gathered some more, some less, but when they measured it with an omer, I don't know what an omer is, we'll figure that out. Whoever gathered much had nothing left over, and whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as they could eat. And Moses said to them, Let no one leave any of it over till the morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it till the morning, and it bred worms and stank, and Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning they gathered and each each as much as they could eat, but when the sun grew hot, it melted. On the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two omers each. And what the heck is an omer? Slightly more than two quarts, that's what my Bible says. Uh, and when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, This is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake, and boil what you will boil, and all that is left over lay aside to be kept till morning. So they laid it aside till morning, as Moses commanded them, and it did not stink, and there were no worms in it. Moses said, Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather, it, but on the seventh day, which is a Sabbath, there will be none. The taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Moses said, This is what the Lord has commanded. Let an omer of it be kept throughout your generations, so that they may see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness. When I brought you out of the land of Egypt, and Moses said to Aaron, Take a jar and put an omer of manna in it, it, and place it before the Lord to be kept throughout your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron placed it before the testimony to be kept. The people of Israel ate the manna forty years till they came to a habitable land. They ate the manna till they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Chapter 17. Here's the water in the rock I uh, talked about prematurely earlier. Um, All the congregation of the people of Israel moved on from the wilderness of sin by stages, according to the commandment of the Lord, and camped at Rephidim. But there is no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people thirsted there for water, and the people grumbled against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried to the Lord, What shall I do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Pass on before the people, taking with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water shall come out of it, and the people will drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the name of the place Massa and Meribah, because of the quarrelling of the people of of Israel, and because they tested the Lord by saying, "Is the Lord among us or not?" Then uh, Amal- Am- Amalek. Came and fought with Israel and Rephidim, so Moses said to Joshua, "Choose for us men, and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand." So Joseph, so Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek, while Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Whenever Moses held up his hand, Israel prevailed, and whenever he lowered his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands grew weary, so they took a stone. And put it under him, and he sat on it, while Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun, and Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this as a memorial in a book and recite it in the ears of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. And Moses built an altar and called the name of it, The Lord is My Banner, saying, A hand upon the throne of the Lord. The Lord will have war with Amalek, and from generation to generation. Let's see where we are so far. Sorry, just nine minutes. Hang on one second. There we go. Chapter eighteen, and I come back to this chapter quite a bit. Um, when it, when you have to. Uh, when you put too much on your plate. Uh, delegation is really important when you're a leader. And, Anyways, chapter 18. Jethro, the, P- the priest of Midian, Moses' father-in-law, heard of all that God had done for Moses and for Israel's people, how the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. Now Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, had taken Zipporah, Moses' wife, after he had sent her home, <clears throat> along with her two sons, In the name of one was Gershom, for he said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. And the name of the other, Eliezer, for he said, The God of my father was my help and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh. Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, came with his sons and his wife to Moses in the wilderness, where he was encamped at the mountain of God. And when he sent word to Moses, I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and your two sons. Moses went out to meet his father-in-law and bowed down and kissed him. And they asked each other for their welfare, uh, of their welfare, and went into a tent. Then Moses pretty much, um, Welcome, how are you doing? That's pretty much what the conversation seems like. Then Moses told his father-in-law, All that the Lord has done to Pharaoh and to the Egyptians for Israel's sake, all the hardship that had come upon them in the way and and how the Lord had delivered them. And Jethro had rejoiced for all the good that the Lord had done to Israel, and that he had delivered them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Jethro said, Blessed be the Lord who has delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of Pharaoh, and has delivered the people from under the hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods, because in this affair they dealt arrogantly with the people. And Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and sacrifices to God. And Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. The next day Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood around Moses from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, What is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone and all the people stand around you from morning till evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, Because the people come to me to inquire of God. And when they have a dispute, they come to me, and I decide between one person and another, and I make them know the statute of God and his laws. Jethro said to him, What you are doing is not good. You and the people... You and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out, for the thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. Now obey my voice. I will give you advice, and God will be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God. And you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe, And place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. Let them judge the people at all times. Every great matter they shall bring to you, but any small matter they shall decide themselves, so it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, God will direct you, and you will be able to endure, and all the people also will go to their place in peace. So Moses listened to the voice of his father in law and did all that he had said. Moses chose able men out of all of Israel, and made them heads over the people, chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And they judged the people at all times. Any hard case they brought to Moses, but any small matter they decided themselves. Then Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went away from his own, to his own country. Hey, let me see. Twenty. Let me finish. 19. That was chapter 18. Let me finish 19. I'd love to get into the Ten Commandments, but there's so much to unpack there. I'd rather... I'd rather wait a little bit. So... Because I have a lot of things to say about the Ten Commandments and, and, and the chapters after that. Chapter 19. Israel at Mount Sinai. On the third new moon, after the people of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that day, they came into the wilderness of Sinai. They set out from Rephidim, and came into the wilderness of Sinai, and they encamped in the wilderness. There Israel encamped before the mountain. While Moses went up to God, the Lord called to him out of the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the people of Israel, You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings, and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice, and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all the peoples of all the earth, as uh, For all the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Let me just get my pen out. One second. Um, these are the words that you shall speak to the people of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders, the people, and set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. All the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am coming to you in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with you, and may also believe you forever. When Moses told the words of the people to the Lord, the Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow, and let them wash their garments and be ready for the third day. For on the third day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people, On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud of the mountain and very loud trumpet blasts, so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai, no, the Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up, and the Lord said to Moses, "Go down and warn the people, lest they break through to the Lord to look and to look, and many of them perish. Also let the priests who come near the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. And Moses said to the Lord, "The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai." For you yourself warned us, saying, Set limits around the mountain and consecrate it. And the Lord said to him, Go down and come up, bringing Aaron with you. But do not let the priests and the people break through to come up to the Lord, lest he break out against them. So Moses went down to the people and told them. I think now would be a good time to stop. It's 1239. This is about 17 minutes. Not a long one. I think I want to finish. uh, I want to do a little bit more reading about chapters 20 through... 25, I think I want to, I am going to probably do later on tonight. You know, you can't do it alone. And this is just amazing advice from his father-in-law. What a blessing for his father-in-law to take him and say, you are exhausting yourself. You cannot do this alone. Find able-bodied men that can help you. So what I would tell you is you really can't go your life alone. Find able-bodied men and women who would build you up and build into you. Not just regular things, but, but, but in your life, in your walk with Jesus Christ, you must have friends that are believers, that have, that have walked with Christ. Not just people that say they believe, and they never go to church, they never talk about Jesus, and they never talk about maybe struggles, or, you know, um, if, if, if someone says they're a Christian, but you didn't know it at all, um, unless they told you, there's a strong chance they're not a Christian. Um. we model Christ through our actions, not with our words. That's it's really important. So hopefully these verses and these chapters find you well. Ask for help. Uh, someone's just trying to call me. My phone was off. Ask for help when you can. Make sure the people that help you are honorable. And we are back children I'm it's about, what time is it 6 a.m it's March 16th Tuesday 2021 I couldn't sleep and usually on the first day of school I buy a few dozen donuts for the teachers and I put them in the in the front of the school I, I didn't know if they would even eat them because of the pandemic But I texted the your principal, and she said everybody's vaccinated, so I don't see why it would be a problem. I would have done it yesterday, but I slept in. I blinked my eyes, and it was 6:30 a.m. So, luckily, I didn't have really good sleep tonight, (coughs) last night, and uh, I woke up at five, and I got out of bed at 5:30. I'm tired your mom has not been sleeping for hours I'm on a really bad road, that's so why it's really bumpy So I'm on Hesperian Boulevard in San Lorenzo I just drove to the donut shop that I really love Grew up going to It's under new management, which is a problem for me Because just, things taste different So I don't know if I'm going to be coming back to this place I know the, the old owners, they told me they, they sold it Last year, we were in Mexico from January 2020 to July, and the last time I went to this donut shop was probably December 2020. And a few months ago, I went to it. and I brought some donuts home, and, and I noticed that things just didn't taste right. The jelly tasted really cheap. It didn't taste like the raspberry jam, jelly or jam they used in the, in the jelly donuts. There wasn't that much glaze on the on the raised glazed donuts, which were like the best ever. And uh, the donut box didn't have a lot of yawning, yawning a lot. The donut box, like after a few hours, didn't have that much like oil at the bottom of it. No, it just didn't. Things didn't seem right. I, I got a, a blueberry cake donut, and usually those are really good didn't taste like anything and so i did some research and i found turns out about a few weeks before we moved to to live in mexico this donut shop sold sold their interest to some other company so that's kind of sad anyways i'm at and hesperian about to i don't know if i'm gonna take the freeway it's early maybe i'll just take side streets home i like taking side streets home alone you know just maybe listen to music or not it's Colby. I'm going to get into chapters 20 through maybe 25 next in Exodus. And I did some research. The term slavery is not what we think is slavery. Actually, God is pretty clear on on that. Chapter 21 talks about, I believe, and we'll get into it, but I was like doing some research last night, reading some notes, and... In chapter 21, you're going to see God, uh, through Moses, talk about how evil slave traders are. They also mention it in not just the Old, but also in the New Testament. I think in 1 Timothy, I'm, I'm only speaking from memory, but how they are the worst of the worst people. Nowadays, we still have slave traders. They're called, it's called human trafficking. Not pretty much one of the worst crimes, I think. One of the worst clients I've ever had was someone who did human trafficking. And I... Oh my gosh. By the time you listen to this, he'll probably still be in prison. (laughs) Let's hope. Uh, The guy put a contract out on my life for a while. I, I wouldn't say it was very serious. He had no money. No one's going to... No one's going to kill a lawyer for nothing. I mean... I would, but that's because I just don't like them. I don't like any lawyer, so. So we are getting into the Ten Commandments. Once we finish Exodus, I Exodus. Um, we're going to get into the other books, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, probably not in that order because I'm really tired, but... Leviticus is interesting. It lays out a lot more laws. I believe six hundred and thirteen Levitical laws. Those should be fun to go through. And then I actually believe that I don't. I don't like when pastors or like regular people just say, "Oh, you know, skip numbers, skip Leviticus." Those laws aren't really. Those don't matter anymore. They kind of still do. Numbers is interesting. It's it's a book of history. It's not just a book of numbers. It's a book of migration. It's a book of God's chosen people, and it's fascinating. It's the same thing I, think, I believe with um, I think I think it's Matthew or John. One of the one of the Gospels. I think it's. I think it's Matthew. It talks about pretty much the genealogy of Jesus Christ from Adam to Jesus. And people, I, I've actually heard pastors—not at my church—but I've heard pastors say, hey, "You know, just skip through that." It's like, why? That's so fascinating, and we have archaeological evidence to back that stuff up. As I was waiting in line to buy seven dozen donuts this morning, I looked on on Facebook, and uh, hopefully, you guys don't have. Hopefully, Facebook's good and gone by the time you guys are around, uh, when like my age. I, I looked on the web, you know, internet and it looks like they found more more documents more Dead Sea Scrolls I'm yawning up the storm anyways so I'm going to look more into that later I'm, you know, you know archaeology archeolo- really fascinates me there is proof out there that our I want to say I don't like the term religion that our faith is correct Nothing has ever refuted it. No science, no, no none, nothing like that will ever refute it and probably ever will refute it. I'm I'm on Llewellyn, about to turn right on. Let's oh, read really, this. It's like the end of Llewellyn. Is it? Oh no, it's Wicks. Turn right on Wicks, which, you know, fun fact <clears throat> your mom and I had our wedding reception on Wicks Boulevard at the San Leandro Marina, or the, no, the San Leandro. Community Center. It was an amazing party. So we. On Wix. I'm going to sign off for now. I'm yawning a lot. Probably doesn't sound great. I'm going to get home. Help. Help your mom. Get in the shower. We'll probably shower together. Because we uh, we like doing that. You know. You guys know. And then uh, we're going to wake you guys up. And get you guys ready to go I'm excited I'm excited to watch you guys get ready for school I am so glad I don't, I don't have to go to school anymore No, oh, it's been years So nice Anyways I love you uh, Sign off for now But the next thing you hear I'm going to be reading chapters 20 through I don't know Hopefully 25 Go through the Ten Commandments It's going to be fun And in it, a way humorous Based on what the Israelites do when they get the first volume of Ten Commandments. Anyways, love you. See you soon. Let me turn this thing off. There we go. Is that it? Is that it? No, Ah. So I got home, took a shower like I said we would. Got your kids ready and got you out the door and Getting children out the door for school is very difficult. One day I hope you all enjoy having your own children, whether natural or adopted. And I really, I really hope that you have many children so you could fully appreciate the challenges of getting many children ready for school and then out the door on time. Your mother and I have two different philosophies, which always causes arguments. It's my philosophy that being on time is paramount to everything else. And at times it feels like everything else, like to your mom, everything else is paramount. Instead of getting there on time. So, it's a fun morning, but... uh, (sighs) glad to be at work so I keep yawning. I think it's just talking a lot. I don't don't do a lot of talking out loud at my job. I quietly type. I watch Netflix as I do a lot of boring work and communicate with people and so it's it's it gets complicated what I do. Let's see where we're going. Let's do the next uh couple chapters and then we'll call it I'm a jealous God. Excuse me. Uh, Visiting the iniquity of the fathers of the children of the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six Six days you shall labor... Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, that the fear of him may be before you, that you may not sin. The people stood far off while Moses drew nearer to the thick darkness where God was. And the Lord said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the people of Israel, You have seen for yourselves that I have talked with you from heaven. You shall not make gods of silver to be with me, nor shall you make for yourselves gods of gold. An altar of earth You shall make for me and sacrifice on it your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, your sheep and your oxen. In every place where I cause my name to be remembered, I will come to you and bless you. If you make me an altar of stone, you shall not build it of hewn stones, for it would wield your tool on. if you profane it. And you shall not go up by steps to my altar, that your nakedness be not exposed to it. Chapter 21 laws about slaves we talked about this earlier no these are the rules that you shall set before them when you buy a hebrew slave he shall serve 6 years and in the 7th he shall go free for nothing if he comes in single he shall go out single if he comes in married then his wife shall go with him if his master gives him a wife and she bears him sons or daughters the wife and her children shall be her master's and he shall go out alone But if the slave plainly says, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him to God, and he shall bring him to the door of the doorpost. And his master shall bore his ear through with an awl, awl, and he shall be his slave forever. When a man sells his daughter as a slave, she shall not go out as the male slaves do. If she does not please her master who has designated her for himself, then he shall let her be redeemed. He shall have no right to sell her to a foreign people, since... He has broken faith with her. If he designates her for his son, he shall deal with her as with a daughter. If he takes another wife to himself, he shall not diminish her food, her clothing, or her marital rights. And he, if he does not do these three things for her, she shall go out for nothing without payment of money. Whoever strikes a man so that he dies shall be put to death. But if he did not lie, in, but, but if he did not lie in wait for him, but God let him fall into his hand and I will point for you a place to which he may flee. But if a man willfully attacks another to kill him by cunning, you shall take him from my altar, that he may die. Whoever strikes his father or his mother shall be put to death. Whoever steals a man and sells him, and anyone found in possession of him shall be put to death. Whoever curses his father or his mother shall be put to death. One man quarrel, and one strikes the other with a stone or with his fist, and the man does not die but takes to his bed. Then if the man rises again and walks outdoors with his staff, he who struck him shall be clear. Only he shall pay for the loss of his time and shall have him thoroughly healed. When a man strikes his slave, male or female, with a rod, and the slave dies under his hand, he shall be avenged. But if the slave survives a day or two, he is not to be avenged, for the slave is his money. This comes up a lot in social media. This this quote, again, it's servants, servants, um, The translation's a little wonky, but pretty much it's, don't abuse your slave. If you kill your slave, you're going to be put to death. Um, But if you... Let's see. If the slave does not die, nothing will happen to you. Uh, When men strive together and hit a pregnant woman so that her children come out, but there is no harm... The one who hit her shall surely be fine, as the woman's husband shall impose on him. And he shall pay as the judges determine. But if there is a harm, then you shall pay life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. When a man strikes the eye of his slave, male or female, and destroys it, he shall let the slave go free because of his eye. If he knocks out the tooth of a slave, male or female, he shall let the slave go free because of his tooth. When an ox gores a man or a woman to death, the ox shall be stoned, and its flesh shall not be eaten, but the owner of the ox shall not be liable. But if the fox had been accustomed to gore in the past, and its owner had been warned, but has not kept it in, and it kills a man or a woman, the ox shall be stoned, and its owner sh- also shall be put to death. If That's <laughs> it's like the law of foreseeable consequences. That's <laughs> like the Paul's Graff case in torts. <laughs> oh, gosh. Sorry. I, I hope... Maybe one of you became a lawyer, you'd be laughing at this point about um, Paul's graft. Anyways, uh, if a ransom is imposed on him, then he shall give for the redemption of his life whatever is imposed on him. If it gores a man's son or daughter, he shall be dealt with according to the same rule. If the ox gores a slave, male or female, the owner shall give to their master 30 shekels of silver, and the ox shall be stoned. <laughs> When a man opens a pit, or when a man digs a pit and does not cover it, and and an ox or a donkey falls into it, the owner of the pit shall make restoration. He shall give money to its owner, and the dead beast shall be his. When one man's ox butts another's, so that it dies, then they shall sell the live ox and share its price, and the dead beast also they shall, shall share. Or if it is known that the ox has been accustomed to gore in the past, and its owner has not kept it in, he shall repay ox for ox, and the dead beast shall be his. Fascinating, fascinating rules we're going through. A lot of things about slaves and uh, their treatment. I wish I did more research just to see what what they meant by a lot of that stuff. Um, if you kill like another man's slave, or if your ox scores another slave, um, then uh, that gives thirty shekels. That's doesn't seem like a lot anyways it's gonna be a long day and I hope to be very productive today Uh, tomorrow is my oldest child's birthday the entrepreneur I will give a lengthy talk tomorrow about the birth story and your mom will tell you it every year anyways you were definitely a surprise three and a half weeks early my god Hope you have a wonderful day, children. I love you very much. And in everything. Do it for the kingdom and the king.